Again, we've been looking at five specific instructions that God gave to Joshua that prepared them for this great event that we're just, we're just reading, this event of them crossing over into a land of promise that God had promised them, that God was going to give them. And God is positioning His people for a brand new beginning. I know we've been on this a long time, but don't let this revelation slip you by. It's a brand new beginning for them. I believe it's a brand new beginning for you. They're about ready to cross over into the land of promise. It's a new season. It's a season of expansion, and it's a season of enlargement. I keep saying that because I want you to get that into your spirit. I believe as we, the church, and specifically Celebration Church, I believe it's a crossing over season for us. I believe it's a crossing over season for your family and for your home and for your business and for your relationships. I believe it's a a season of expansion. I believe it's a season of enlargement. Make no little plans here. But before that can happen in their life, God talks to them, again, about five daily preparations or what we might say is daily responsibilities, and we're at the very end of it. And I want to just go back through again and just remind you what those were. Uh, The first one was to prepare your priority. Prepare your priority. Now, let me remind you, these were the responsibility of God's people. Remember, he's talked to them about their yesterdays. He says, I have healing for your yesterdays. How many of you know it's easy to get stuck in your yesterdays? And God says, I can fix your yesterdays. So God says, I can can bring healing for your yesterdays. And then God talks to them about their tomorrows. God says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. I'm going to do miracles or I'm going to do mighty things in your life. So God says, I have healing for your yesterdays. And I have supernatural help for your tomorrows. Hear that today. That word is not just for them. The Bible is God speaking to you. God has healing for the pain of your yesterdays, and God wants you to mark your calendar up with miracles every day of your life. Monday, Tuesday, God is preparing to do supernatural things. If I could just get somebody excited about God, if I could just get somebody believing that God wants to do miracles. So God says, this is what I'm going to do, but I need you to do your part. And this is not just their part, it's our part. The first thing they were to prepare was their priority, and that was the Word of God. The second thing was to prepare their position, and that was a position to refuse to fear. The third one was to prepare prepare your passion. That was a passion to be fully surrendered. The fourth one that we talked about was prepare your pursuit, that's the daily pursuit of God's presence. God says, if you do these things, then I have miracles for your tomorrows. And so last week, we gave you number five, and this is the second part of that. We will conclude it today. How many of you believing with me? We will conclude that today. And it's prepare your provision. This has to do with daily resources for the mission. Let's read it again. Then Joshua commanded the officers, that's where we get this, of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions to go in and take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So here is, I want you to catch this, here is God's people. 
They're about ready to go in and possess all that God has promised them. It's a, it's a land of supernatural provision, a land of great abundance, uh, endless resources. But to possess it, it meant that they would have to overcome some tremendous opposition. There were, there were enemies to defeat. They would have to conquer cities and territories. We talked about that last week. And to do this, to do this, to possess their land, God's word to them was this, prepare your provisions. Prepare your provisions. They were to prepare provisions or their supplies or their resources so that they could possess the promised land that God was giving them. So what does that mean? That means that they had provisions. They had resources that were needed in order for them to take what God had promised them in their life. Are you hearing me today? So, so, so here's the point. When God tells them to prepare their provisions, God was telling them, don't miss this, to be mission-minded with their provision. God was telling them, I need you to be mission. You have provision, but I need you to be mission-minded with your provision. So again today, I want to continue to establish this is a huge, huge, important biblical principle, and it's this. God's provision has a mission. God's provision has a mission. If you're going to possess, if you're going to possess what God has for you in your life, you, it, it's going to require an understanding of this Bible truth that God's provision in your life has a mission. Thank you for that big amen, but I can preach this all by myself. I want to say it again. If you're going to have better days, come on, if you're going to get what God has promised you in your life, you have to have an understanding and you must embrace this truth that when God provides in your life, there's a mission behind that provision. And we're going to review this because this is such a, it's bigger than what you think. I, I want to just kind of slow down and grab people. This is, this is bigger because this is all, if you read your Bible at all, it's all through the Bible. This is, people are saying all the, I don't understand why the Bible's not working. Well, hear ye, hear ye. This is an important truth to getting God to provide in your Life. God, God brought this principle up to them way before, like 40 years before they even possessed this promised land. And he describes the, the blessings that this was going to be. He described what he wanted to do in their life. And then he, he points out this principle in their life. I want to read it again because it's absolutely important. Notice there in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where God introduces what he has for them and then talks about this principle. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And this is where we usually get stuck because I want to commentate on everything. But I got to remind you, this wasn't just their word. This is your word. Don't just hear this and say, well, that was good for them. You need to hear that and say, that's what's getting ready to happen for me right now. Come on, we're crossing over. 
So for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of brooks and pools and gushing springs, valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley and grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates and olives and honey. You may not think that's a big thing, but when you've been eating manna for 40 years, oh, give me a pomegranate. Somebody, somebody hand me some barley, huh? Right? They've been 40 years in the wilderness. Come on, there's been scarcity there, just enough to get by. Now, notice what it says in verse 9, as God describes what he's wanting to do in their life. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Wow. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant in the hills. It says, verse 10, he's going to give them a warning. Now, now, now when you have eaten your fill of this land I'm giving you, be sure to praise God. Be sure, has God been good to anybody in this place? Be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Because why? That is the time. Notice verse 11. That is the time to be careful. Why? When God starts blessing you. That's always the time to be careful. If the church could just figure this out. In fact, this happened all through scriptures. God would bless them and then they would forget about God. God would then they would repent and then God would bless them and then and then they would forget about God and then they would repent because things weren't going well. And God is saying, "You don't have to live like that. When I bless you, you need to remember you need to be careful because that's the moment that you'll lose sight of God." That's the moment you'll get distracted from your God. He says, that's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you don't forget the Lord your God and begin to disobey him. Hmm. That's a good word for somebody. Go ahead and slap your neighbor and say, that was, that was worth coming to church for right there. You needed that, right? <laughs> that is the time to be careful. Beware that you're plenty. You don't forget the Lord your God. And begin to disobey him for when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in. And when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied. You mean God is in the business of increasing your silver and gold? God's not looking to make you poor. God wants to bless his people, right? He wants to bless his people. People, he's built fine homes to live in. And when your fox and your herds become very large and your silver gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. That's the time to be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God. Never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. This was 40 years before they ever stepped into this land. And God is telling them, I'm going, to, I'm, going to do, I'm going to do something so incredible in your life, so amazing in your life. I'm going to, do, I'm going to give you a land of, of, of an abundance. I'm going to give you a land that has no scarcity. But don't forget me when I bless you. And then he wraps it all up with verse 18. And he says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Who gives it to you? God is in the business of giving you power to get wealth. Why is he in the business of giving you the power to get wealth? He's going to tell you the mission for his provision, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. If you're going... If, if, if you're going to see miracles in your tomorrows, you have to understand that there is, there is a mission to the provision that God brings into your life. God says it is to establish the covenant, God's mission, God's 
purpose, God's interest in the earth. What is God's interest? That's what covenant means. It's God's interest in the earth. What is God's interest in the earth? It's the redemption of mankind. God is saying, I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams, but there is a mission to that, to that provision, and it is, it is the redemption of all humanity on the face of the earth. So God is saying, when I bless you, don't forget what your wealth is for. You see, God's provision is not just about providing a good life for you. It's about covenant. It's about God's mission to impact others. But notice you get the nice house. You get the nice car. Come on, you get the pomegranates. You, you get the land without scarcity. But you also, and, and the reason why you get it is because you understand that there's still a mission for my provision. We talked about this last time. This is review. God said the same thing to, to Abraham when he originally made this covenant. He makes this covenant that we just read about to establish the covenant. That covenant he actually made with Abraham. And we read it this way in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your family and your father's house to the land, to the land. So he's given him a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you, Abraham. And make your name great, so what? So that you will be, not so you could just have a land, not so you could just have a house, not so you could just have a car, not just so your needs are met. I'm going to bless you so that you, because there's always a mission with God's provision. And if you don't get mission-minded, you'll never see the provision of God coming into. That's the reason why the church is lacking and suffering, because we got to get mission-minded with the provision that God's wanting to supply. God's not supplying provision if you're off mission. He said, I will bless you, Abraham. I'll bless you so that you will be a blessing. The covenant that God made with Abraham was to bless him so that he could be a blessing. Notice he goes on to verse 3. Why does God want him to be a blessing? He says, I'll bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all the peoples. Here's, here's what's on God's mind. Here's what God is thinking about. He's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about your neighbor. God's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about your co-labor. Come on. You, that, that's the problem with the church. We got ourselves on our minds. You got to get people-minded. That is the mission of Christ in the earth. He says, he says, and he says, whoever curses you, all curse, and all that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed, what? Through you, Abraham. I'm looking to bless them through you, Abraham. But remember, this isn't just Abraham's promise. This is your promise. If you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to this promise. So God says, I'm blessing you so that I can get something through you to bless all families on the earth. That is being mission-minded. You don't need what you need. You need more than you need so that you can be a blessing to the world around you. You didn't hear me. That's what God was teaching Abraham. This ought to be good news around Christmas time where you're trying to figure out, how do I get all these presents and all these gifts? And many of us are stressed out. I'm trying to help you. 
I'm trying to get you into land where you got more than enough to have the house, to have the car, to have the stuff, but to be a blessing to all families of the earth. And the way you get God's involvement is you got to get mission-minded. You can pray all day long, bless me, bless me, bless me, but if you don't care about your neighbor, you don't care about all peoples of the earth, God's not getting involved in your provision. Good preaching, Pastor. So I want to say it again. When you don't need, this is what he's telling the neighbor, you don't need what you need. You need more than you need so that you can be a blessing to the world around you. When it comes to your God-given prosperity, it's not about getting more, having more, or just enjoying more. God wants you to enjoy it, but that's not what this is about. And honestly, the modern-day church has made it about that. Just me and me enjoying life and living my best life. That's not Bible. It's not about you just living your best life. It's about you helping somebody else to live their best life. Are you with me? With God, the end result is, that you, is so that you can be a, a blessing. It's a selfish thing to make blessing just about you. I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say because I believe this is a powerful statement. If your prosperity is not helping others, then your prosperity is not Bible prosperity. It's what the Bible would call materialism. If you're not interested in giving and being a blessing, then God's blessing is not looking for you. The blessing is looking for those who want to be a blessing. We looked at this last week in Psalms 35, verse 27. It's all through the Scriptures that that His provision has a mission. How do I get God involved in my life? God wants, He says, I give you the power to get wealth. I want to bless your life. It's God's idea to prosper you. Notice Psalm 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What is God saying here? God is saying when you delight in his cause, when you favor his righteous cause, when you delight in his cause, then God delights in your prosperity. God takes delight in your prosperity when you delight in the cause of God in the earth. Proverbs 11, verse 24, new territory. Some of you can wake up now. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. Generosity brings prosperity. Generosity brings generosity, giving, right? Getting your, get your eyes off yourself and your own needs. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity or withholding from giving, being generous, brings what? Poverty. The more you hold on, the poorer you get, according to Scriptures, because you have no idea what God could do in your life if you ever begin to get mission-minded. What could God give to you if He knew He can get it? through you. He says, he says, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Notice, notice verse 25 now. Those who live to bless others. Hmm. Those who live to bless others. That's the mandate of the church. Well, what? We'll have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. 
In other words, if you're not mission-minded with the provision, you're going to miss out on the blessing that God has for your life. And we just got to be honest with ourselves. You know, it's just as humans, we can be very, very selfish. And God says, I am the grateful. I am the source. I can give you the power to get wealth. But I got to know that you are mission-minded. And if you're mission-minded, get ready. Get ready because there's no telling what God can do in your life. In Job 33, 36, verse 11, I love this verse. Job 36, 11, if they listen and obey. Uh, my question here this morning, are, are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you hearing what we've been teaching the last couple of weeks? I believe that God wants to bring us into a land of abundance. I believe he wants to remove scarcity out of our lives. Are, are we hearing that message? Are we, are we obeying that message that I have to get mission-minded for that to happen? And in Job, it says, it says, if you'll listen and obey God, in other words, do it God's way, and what's going to happen? They will be blessed with what? Prosperity is not a bad word. It's God's idea. God wants to bless his. Well, I just don't believe in that prosperity message. Well, what do you believe in? Lack? Poverty? Is that the, it's, it's still amazing to me how people say, well, that's that prosperity message. That's that pro, well, well, what other message is there? Poverty message? I mean, if you don't believe in the prosperity message and you don't believe it's God's will to, to prosper you, then, 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 then we need to get serious about the will of God. If you don't believe God, it's God's will for you to prosper you, then you need to get serious about the will of God and get poor. If, if that's what it means to please God, right? If you don't believe in that healing message, you don't believe it's the will of God to heal, then why, why, why in the world are you going to doctors trying to get out of the will of God? It's the hypocrisy that are with. Well, that's that prosperity. That's that healing. Well, what other message is there? Sickness and disease? Is that what you're signing up for? We've got to get serious about what the will of God is in our life. And if it's sickness and disease, then we need to dive all the way in and get in the will of Almighty God. If it's poverty and lack, then we need to be poorer than everybody else. But that's not the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is provision. It's prosperity. It's abundance. No scarcity. Come on, somebody. we got to believe this stuff. Don't, don't be intimidated by, by preachers that don't even live what they preach. People, I don't believe in that prosperity message, but they're not riding a bike. They're still driving a car. They don't even believe that message. Go look at their house. Go look. They're still working. They don't believe what they say. Oh, that's good preaching, somebody. Slap your neighbor and say, that's some good stuff right there. It is God's will to prosper you. They listen and obey God. They'll be blessed with prosperity. They'll be blessed with prosperity. God says they'll be blessed with prosperity. They'll be, oh, they'll be, the church will be blessed with prosperity. Not so you can shut. Not so you can shove another car in your garage, but so you can change humanity, so more people can hear the gospel message, so more people can get saved, so we can change our community, so we can change our city. There is a mission for the provision that God wants to put in your life, and you would be shocked at what God would allow you to have if you just got mission, if you just got mission. This is such an important message to the body of Christ. Come on, we're crossing over. Out of poverty, 
Out of lack, into abundance. Come on, this is our year. We're, cro- we're, we're crossing over out of sickness, out of depression. Come on. We're, because why? Because it's God's will that by the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed of. He sent his word and healed them. It is the message of the kingdom of God. God's provision has a cause. God's provision has an assignment. God's provision has a mission. Let me show you now. Built the case. I could take you more and more verses. It's all through the Bible. But let me show you what happens when this principle is neglected by God's people. In the book of Haggai, God's people, for whatever reason, has lost interest in the mission of God. They, they, they begin to build the temple of God. They've worked on it for two years. But somehow, some way, they just got tired of the mission of God in their life. And now for 14 years, they have neglected the mission of God. And God shows up through the prophet Haggai to bring correction to his people. How many of you get the setting here? So in Haggai chapter 1, verse 4, It says, you say, verses 4, this is God speaking to his mission, to his people, to correct them about their situation. He says, you say, this isn't the right time to build a temple for me. So again, this is what happens when we neglect the mission. You say that it isn't right for the time to build the temple for me, but is it right for you to live in expensive houses while my temple is a pile of ruins? This is God talking to his people that don't believe in this principle. Just look at what's happening. You harvest less than you plant. You never have enough. Put that on your refrigerator. God is saying, you, you're not mission-minded. You're off course. You're neglecting it. For two years, they, they've built, and now for, and now for uh, uh, 14 years, they have stopped building. God says, he says, now the reason you never have enough is because you have stopped building. Basically, what he's saying, he says, to eat or drink, your clothes don't keep you warm, and your wages are stored in bags full of holes. Think about what I have to say. That's what God's telling his people. Think about what I'm saying. But first, go to the hills. God's going to give them the, the key to this. Go to the hills and get wood for my temple so I can take pride in it and be worshipped there. In other words, God says, get back to build. Get back to the mission. Build the temple so that I can be worshipped there. He says, you expected much but received only a little. And when you brought it home, I made that little disappear. Why have I done this? It's because you hurry off to build your own houses. This is a people who's gotten off mission. You you run off to build your own houses. Why, my temple is still in ruins. That's also why the dew doesn't fall and your harvest fails. This is in your Bible, by the way. And so at my command, everything will become barren and all your hard work will be for nothing. Maybe you're not fighting the enemy as much as you're fighting God. When we get off mission with God, God's provision does not come into our life. And God's trying to tell them you're not receiving provision into your life because you have gotten off mission. And when you're off a mission, you live well below what God intends you to live. You're not in your promised land. So God's telling his people that the reason why things aren't going well for them is because they have neglected the mission of God. Now, the good news is these people were smart. 
and they quickly made the correction. And they got, oh, I'm talking to some smart people today. They quickly made the correction, and they got busy building the house of God. Come on, am I talking to anybody smart? And, the, and, and I want you to notice what happened immediately when they made the correction in their life in Haggai chapter 2, verse 19. Notice what God tells them once they make the correction. But from this day onward, I will bless you. Woo! Did, did you get it? God says, okay, you're, 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 you're wondering why things are not working, why, why it seems like the harder you work, the less you have. Some of you, have you ever figured that out? Some of you make more and more money, but it seems like it's the, you, you have less and less and less. God says, wake up. It's, it's not about making more money. It's about getting the blessing of God in your your life. And God says, even though you're making lots of money and you're building nice homes and, and, and things are going seemingly well for you, you're, you're saying it, it, it just seems like we're putting it in, in, in pockets with holes in it. We, we, it just seems like we're, we're not getting ahead. We're always... A, and God says, it's because you have neglected the mission. And the moment they made the correction and they begin to build the house of the Lord, that moment, God said, from this moment forward, I will bless you. And i got to encourage you, not only was it when they went and got the wood to start building, it was the moment that they repented in their heart. How many of you know God will do things on credit? You sitting there right now, can you, all you have to do, you don't even have to have a week of it. All you have to do is say, God, right now I make the adjustment. I have not been on mission with your provision. I make the adjustment. And God says over you, this is the moment that I will bless you. It's kind of like I thought about how, how could I get this, um, how could I illustrate this maybe a little bit? Um, since it's Christmas time, I thought I'd bring a pumpkin pie in here. And how many of you like pumpkin pies? I'm not a real, got some hands over there. And Kenny, you're going to help me in just a little bit, okay? So Tori likes some pumpkin pies. And so, so, so I, I want this pumpkin pie here. It, it represents our provision. It represents our provision. It represents your income. It represents your, your paycheck that, that, that you get. You, you do realize that all that you have, uh, you wouldn't have it if it wasn't God. For God. It wasn't for God that gave it to you. If you didn't have the breath to breathe, you wouldn't have the paycheck you have. So, so, so this pumpkin pie is, is kind of the provision and... And, and so we get this. I don't know if you get it every week or you get it every month, but, but this is the provision that God, as a, believer, as a believer, this is your provision. And, and, and so you, you get your provision, and, and, and because we're responsible, right, we're all responsible and we got, we got bills to pay, we, we immediately uh, begin to uh, uh, slice up the provision. And so, 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 um, so we, we, we take our provision and you know, here's the first life. We, we all have a mortgage, right? You have rent. You got to live somewhere, right? So, so, so I got provision. I got bills to pay. So, so let's, let's go ahead and take the slice out for, for, the, for the house. And it's a nice house. How many of you are thankful for your house? How many, believing, how many of you believing for a nicer house? Anybody believing for a nice? God, God's not opposed to a house. He already said in, in the scripture, he's given them nice houses. So, so, so you get your provision and you put a little, put a little, Mmm, so a little whip on there, and uh, Kenny, go ahead and give this to a tither out there somewhere. Just give this a tither. 
Let's go ahead and give that to a tie. Just on the front row, give somebody who's, who's going to help you there. And Kenny, you're going to help me. So, so, so oh, we've got some hands over here. We may have, to, may have to take this a little further. So, oh, hands over there too. So, Alfred, you may have to help me too. Alfred, you're already eaten. So, 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 so we got our provision, got a provision. And so we, we uh, you know, we got to pay the house bill, right? Got to pay the mortgage, got to pay the rent. And, and so then, then, you know, and then, 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 then you know this, you got to pay your taxes, right? Now, none of us like taxes, right? And that's the reason why they usually take them out before, <laughs> before you get paid. So it's taxes. That's not fun. So, so we're not going to put any whip on that because taxes, that's a, but, but we got to pay our taxes, right? We got to gotta pay our taxes, right? Now, you didn't really pay them. They took them because they knew you wouldn't pay them. That's what God ought to do with your tithe. Church would be, have a whole lot more resources to get this thing done. But with God, He doesn't want to force you to do anything. But with, with Uncle Sam, He don't care. He don't care about you. He don't care about His family. All He cares about is His, his taxes. So go ahead and give that to somebody who likes Uncle Sam. Some, and so, so we got to our, pay our taxes, right? And, and, and you know, you know uh, got to... Got, got, uh, got, uh, Got to eat, right? Everybody got to eat, so we got to go to the grocery store, right? Got to go to the grocery store and got got to got got to get the get get the groceries because the kids like to eat, daddy likes to eat, mama likes to eat, everybody likes to eat, and we like going to the grocery store and and so provisions going, right? We're paying bills, we're we're going to the grocery store. Here, give this to somebody. Who, who, oh, hang on, just a second. So got to go to the grocery store. Got to make sure you get that ice cream, baby. Don't forget that. Don't forget that ice cream, baby. Make sure you get that vanilla ice cream for me. So you got you to gotta go get groceries, right? You got, you got your provision, got your provision. And so, so we're paying house payments, we're paying taxes, and got to go to the grocery store. And then, and then we still got some provision here. But, but you know, it's a lot of things going on. Got, got that car payment. Huh? Got, had to have that nice car, didn't you? Just had to have that nice car. And so we got that huge, huge car payment. And boy, but you look good. You look good. You, you, boy, I'm telling you, you look good in that car. Boy, the way people look at you in that expensive car. Got to have a car. I, I, I agree. You can't just walk everywhere. And God doesn't mind you having a car. So, so we take our provision. We, we have our nice car. Go ahead and give that to somebody somewhere who wants something. And then, and then, and then it seems like everybody wants a piece of my pie. And, and so you got... You got, you got kids. Anybody's got any kids? How many of you know kids are expensive? Huh? Huh? I mean, kids stuff. Got to have that school stuff, right? Kids stuff, school stuff. Um, um, uh, kid, kids, kids got always, they always need something, right? And, and then kids, they always want pets, right? Got to have pets. Got to have kids, right? Got to have the, have the cats. Yeah. We don't even have kids. We got cats. Haven't talked about our cats lately, have we? We still got cats, all three of them. All you cat lovers. I got a revelation on cats. My cats are the only ones going to heaven. All your cats are going to hell. That's all I said. So got to have cats. Got to got to have pets. Got to have got got to have got to have all that. Got to have kids stuff. Got to pay tuition, all that kind of stuff. And, and it's important. It's part of it's part of where your provision goes, right? That this is a, this is important stuff. Do you know they say that that Church-going people spend more on their pets than they do the kingdom of God. But, but we got to have our pets, right? Got to take care of those pets. 
Give that to some pet lover out there. Some, <laughs> give it to some cat lover out there. So got to, got to have that. So, so you kind of get this. So got, got, got to then have, got, got to then, uh, got to have recreation, right? Life can't be boring. Got to, got to have a few vacations. Anybody want a vacation? Huh? Vacations and listen. None of this stuff is sin. So get happy. It's vacations, recreation, it's all, God wants you to have it all. Come on, anybody ready for a good vacation? Come on, anybody looking forward? You bet. Come on, we're going to put some whip on that vacation. We're, we're going to enjoy this vacation. And, and, and while you're at it, we've got to have a little Starbucks and, 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 and got to go out and eat. Got, 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 got to enjoy those restaurants and, and pay those little tips and just, just got, 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 got. It's, it's just, it's your provision, right? I mean, it's, it's stuff we, we got to do, right? God, God, I just read to you, God says, I'm bringing you into a good land. It's going to be a land without scarcity. You're going to have pl- plenty of pumpkin pie. You're going to have more than enough pumpkin pie. And I want you to enjoy it. And I'm going to increase the gold. And I'm going to increase the silver. And I'm going to increase your life. And you will not have lack. It's a good, it's, it's provision. We got to do it, right? And so give that to Somebody out there that loves it, and so, and so, so we got to have that, and then we got to have, uh, got to, got to have, uh, you know, we eating so much now. <laughs> Alfred, who are you taking that to? That's awesome in the back row back there. That's good. So, so then we're, so then we're, we've eaten so much. Got to go to the gym now. Got to. Got to go gym, getting so, so chubby. Got to get all those dues. You know, it's like my wife. She just doesn't go to one gym. She, she, she's got, got five gyms. You know, it's just like got, got all those dues. Got, got, got to take care of yourself, right? Got, got to keep, keep yourself fit. Now, you can't just go to gym just any old way. You got to go to Dick's Sporting Goods or, and you got to have something where you... And so we've got provision going out for all that, all that stuff. And so give that to somebody who looks like they work out at the gym. So, so, because we've eaten so much and we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, oh, I've, I've ran out of place. Bring me another plate here. Give, give me that plate. I'm going somewhere with this. It's getting ready to wrap up. Tom, come back to the piano. So, so, uh, so we got one last piece here and, you know, going to the gym, but, you know, got to go to those doctors. Dear God, most of us would be dead by now if it wasn't for doctors. Thank God for healing. God uses doctors, so we got to go to doctors, and then we've got to have our medication, and got to have all of our stuff to go with that. And, and uh, so, and, and all this is necessary. It's all good. It's, it's, it's all, it's all, we, we could go on and on. It's, it's, it's all, it's all okay. It's, 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 it's I, need, I need to have the landscaping. That's a good thing. It's all good. God's not against none of it. And so we got to make sure we're paying the doctors and taking care of our Paying for our medication. Some of you need it right now. So, so, and so then, and then here's what we do is we, uh, we come to church. And then we come to church and say, oh, God, you're so good. We worship you, God. My bills are paid, Lord. House payments paid. Paid the, bought the cat food and the dog food and paid for my dues at the gym. Got, got my vanilla ice cream. God, God I'm so thankful. I, I, I worship you, Lord. I, 
I'm so grateful for you in my life. And, and Lord, here, here, here's what I got for you, Lord. And we come and bring our scraps to God. We, we bring our scraps. Did you know that 40% of church-going people do not give a dime to their church? And yet we want his provision. But you don't get his provision without being mission-minded. And then we come and we say, God, I'm so grateful that, hear my heart in this. So grateful, Lord, that my bills are paid, but then we want to offer our scraps to God. And then we wondered why we're living paycheck to paycheck. We wonder why we're not experiencing the abundance that these verses talk about. It's because God's not looking for your scraps. He's looking for the first part of it. And God says if you'll give him the first part, the rest of it will be blessed, and he'll keep increasing it and blessing it. Have you ever found, come on, I'm talking to tithers, that the 90% goes a whole lot further than the 100%? That's the reason why in Malachi chapter 3, it says, bring the whole tithe into the store. Do you know what the tithe means? It means the first 10%, not the last. God's not looking for scraps. He wants to be more important than your cat. He wants to be more important than your gym. He wants to be the source of your life. He wants to be more important than your hamburger. It, it is a trust factor, but you have to believe that God is not a God that can lie. He's not a man that can lie. That what God has promised, He shall surely do it in your life. And when He says to bring the first 10% or the tithe, into your, notice what He says. Why does He want you to do that? So that there may be food in my house so that there may be ability. Notice God says, the reason why I want you to give me the 10, first 10%, so that that goes into the church, the local church, to begin to win people for Jesus. Come on, that, that's what you're tied, so that there's ability. Most churches cannot accomplish very much because people are not doing what God says. To, what would happen if all of the church would get busy being obedient? to bring God the first. But notice what God says. He says, he says, he says, test me now in this. Test me, says the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, and see if I will not throw open for you the floodgates of heaven. Pour out such blessings that there will be not room enough to store it. I know you know the verse, but again, it's pointing out the, it's pointing out the uh, truth that, that, that if you are mission-minded, and if you'll honor God with your mission-minded resources, then God says, I'll take care of all of the rest, and I'll open up the windows of heaven for you, and you will not be able to contain what I will do in your life. How many of you received that today? Now, now as I close, I want to I I just... I want to comment on these wise men. I want you to think about this as we close this service and go into one last song. This is huge. I know, you, I know so many people don't like hearing this. People get up and leave. And my, my job is not to tickle your ears. My job is to tell you the truth. 
And I think a lot of church-going people are frustrated why things are not working. And I'm here to tell you, this is a huge principle of why things are not working in our finances. Because you cannot disobey God's word and expect God's word to work. God's not looking for your scraps. He's looking for your best. He's looking for your honor. He's looking for you to have a mindset that when you get your provision, the first thing you ask is, God, what's the mission for this, for this provision? Amen? And God will say, bring that tithe to me. And God says, I'm going to bring you into land where your house is going to be good. Come on, your cars are going to be good. The gold's going to increase. I think what gets me, I think what gets me about... Um, these wise men, they're actually called magis. It's the Greek word for wise men, magis, in the New Testament. Uh, these magis, for those that don't know, they were the most powerful and most influential people of their day. They were like rock stars. Um, they're very, very popular. Uh, they had enormous wealth. What's interesting to understand about these magis, and follow because it's going to be very quick. It's just, it's just an application. I want you to look at your nativity scene and see it differently from this day forward. What's amazing about these magis is they're not God's covenant people. They weren't Jews. They, they had no covenant with God. They're... they're they're, they're actually pagan priests. They're astrologers, they're scientists, they're politicians, and they're, they live in the East, they're in Babylon. But they had been hugely, if you're a, if you're a Bible student at all, they, they had been hugely influenced by Daniel's prophecy when Daniel was in captivity in Babylon. Remember the 70 years? And Daniel rose to the top because he was the interpreter of dreams. And because of this, the wise men knew, because of Daniel's prophecy, that the star in the sky was actually announcing the birth of Jesus, the King of the Jews. And when they, oh Jesus, it's pretty bad when pagan get it, pagans get it more than the church going people get it. And from a thousand miles away, they see the star, and because of Daniel's prophecies, they know it's announcing the birth of Christ. And do you know what these wise men do? They load up their caravan of help, and they take off to find the newborn king. Woo! Uh, you know, I, if I had time, I'd tell you, it, it, you know, it... it most people think it was three kings. We, we don't know if it was three wise men. We don't know if it was three wise men. The Bible never says three wise men. It could have been 50 wise men. It could have been, it could have been four wise men. We don't know. The Bible does say they have three gifts, but it doesn't say how many wise men. And when wise men traveled, they would travel in a caravan, usually about 100 to 150 people. They would literally take their own army with them, their servants, their bodyguards. They would take all of their wealth with them. And when they see the announcement that, that, that Jesus, the Messiah, the King of the Jews, has been born, when they see the stars, they don't waste any time. They load up the caravan and they take off on a thousand-mile journey. A thousand mile journey. Scholars would tell you that that probably took them anywhere from a year to two years to get there because of the stops they had to make. In fact, we know that because Herod figured Jesus was at the age of two 
when the wise men got to Jesus. But they see the star when he's first born, and they put everything into what they are doing to go worship Jesus. It's amazing to me is that once they get to Jesus, the Bible says they, they open up their treasure chest and they begin to give valuable gifts. We, we read it in the, in the opening text. They gave gold and frankincense and myrrh. Again, scholars and historical records states that this would have been an enormous amount of wealth given. These pagan priests, no covenant with God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They get to Jesus and they open up their treasure chest. Oh, man. If you read the whole story, they've just come from Jerusalem. They're in Bethlehem now, opening their treasures. The star led them to Jerusalem. They go to Jerusalem, and they begin to ask all the church-going people, where is he? Where is he? Where is he born king of the Jews? All the church-going, all the people who had a covenant with God, who should have known where he was. The Bible says the priests, the ministers of that city, they get out their Bibles, and the wise men are asking them for directions. That's the reason why. These are some of the most popular men on the planet. Why? Because they're the only men ever known to stop and ask for directions. And what's amazing is that Jerusalem, all the church-going people, they're looking at their Bibles, and they actually tell the wise men, hey, he's supposed to be in Bethlehem. And so the wise men take off to Bethlehem, and they see the star again. But none of the church-going people would travel the five miles to worship the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. None of, none of, none of the covenant people brought any of their provisions and traveled five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And the Bible says, I, I just want you to get the picture, they, they, they unload this enormous amount of wealth for Jesus. He, he's just a child. He's only two years old at, 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 at most. Uh, question, gold for a child? Frankincense and myrrh? Where, where's the Legos? Right, where's the Tonka toy truck? The, the, the Nerf gun? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, where's the scooter? They, they didn't bring those kinds of gifts for Jesus. What were they doing? They were bringing provision for the mission of Christ in the earth. So even when church folks couldn't get it, Magi's from Babylon understood that somehow God had blessed them with provision and it was their mission to get it to the mission of Christ so that all that you are here today because of those, I'm telling you, you are here today because wise men were willing to bring their wealth to provide provision for the assignment of Christ in the earth. God has provision if you'll have a mindset for the mission, which is stand to your feet. Amen. Do you receive that today?
magi's the wise men. They understood that they had provision. This just baffles me. <laughs> See, if God can't get church people to do it, he'll go outside the church to do it. God uses pagan people. I wonder how much God could really bless us if we would let him. Maybe that's why we call them wise men. Because they understood they had something for the mission. I want to encourage you today to be mission-minded. And if you'll get mission-minded, I think you'll be shocked with what God can do as you cross over into 2024. Amen? Anybody crossing over? Hallelujah. Anybody crossing over? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your truth today. Father, I believe there's people in this room that's receiving this truth. God, just like those in the book of Haggai making adjustments in their life. Father, would you help us? Help us to know what we need to do. Help us to see what we're doing. God, I believe there's so much more you want to do in our lives. So many resources you want to bring into our lives. God, may we be the people that are positioned for what you want to do in these end times, these last days. God, we make adjustments today. Prosper us, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Bring us into a land without scarcity. God, bring us into a land. Bring us into a year where finances are not a struggle anymore. God, bring us into a year where we have more than enough to be a blessing to, to our neighbors and to our co-workers, to our community. God, God we receive the, the provision, God, for the mission to see a city break out in revival, an awakening, a move of God. Father, help us to get out of this survival mentality that we're just hanging on. God, God, there's so much you want to do in our city, our community, in our world. God, use us as instruments of that. God, it's a tool. It's a tool in the kingdom of God. Father, we're so, so grateful, Lord, that you would allow us to be used. We're so grateful, Lord, that you would bless us. But God, truly give us a heart to see others blessed to see others' lives touched, to see other people saved. Father, may celebration and those that are listening to my voice, may they never resist this truth. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Believers praying. Amen. Hallelujah. You received this today? You're kind of quiet. Talking, I must be talking about your money. It's a little quiet, huh? I want to ask for the ushers to come forward. Can, can I help you? Uh, I, I, I hope you heard the message, God wants you to have a nice house, a nice car. God wants you wealthy. Can, can I tell you something? You are not under the law of tithing. You do not have to tithe as a New Testament believer. You understand that? I'll make sure I'm very clear of that. But you are under the principle of tithing 
Or you might say the opportunity that when you honor God with a tithe, declaring in first place, then you qualify for the open heavens of provisions. In fact, in fact, you don't have to do anything, the Bible says. Most of us are proving that. God doesn't want the action. He wants the heart. He wants the will to do it. I, I bring this message because I, 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 I just, and I, and I so much want to make sure it was being taught because I know where this church is going and I'm here to tell you your best days are upon you right now. This is not a message to get anything from you. Please, if you don't want to give it, don't, don't give. This is not a message to get anything from you, but it is a message to get something to you. For those that have ears to hear, come on, let them hear what the word of the Lord. I want you to just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're at. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not right with God today. Maybe you're, I know I've asked ushers to come forward. Just, just stay put as we close the service up. If you're here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you come into this service and you begin to sense his presence, sense, sense God knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says anyone that will open that door, he'll come in. If you're here today and you're not right with God, you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, you'd say, you know, I did that at one time, but I'm not living for him. I'm far away from him and I need to get things right with God. I want, to, I want you to know you have a good God. This is... This message that we pre this is, can you imagine God being for you that wants to prosper you? What kind of God is that? He not only wants to prosper, he wants to save you. If you were to die right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? As I look all over this congregation and those online, the Bible's very clear. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, this is the moment for this. Believers pray, and if that's you, you want me to lead you in a prayer, you want to get right with God, just lift your hand real high and hold it up as high as you can get it. Hold it up, and I'm going to just look all over this congregation. I believe heaven is looking. Heaven's paying attention right now. Hands going up everywhere. Hands going up everywhere. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. I want you to pray this prayer, but I don't want you to repeat a prayer. I want you to mean a prayer. This is the day where everything changes in your life. You that are online, this is the day everything changes in your life. Pray this prayer. Say, Father God, today I receive the Lord Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, Father God, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me, took my sin. I believe that God raised him from the dead and now lives for me. He became my sin so that I could become righteous. I receive righteousness today and I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. God, from this day forward, with your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. Come on, that's worth celebrating. Hallelujah, that's worth celebrating. 
Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.